We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my wonderful friend. Yes, life for sure can be challenging and it can seem really unjust and unfair sometimes. But if we stay stuck in this posture for too long, we can start to feel powerless, fearful, and very limited. What I have learned through the years is that we are here to grow as souls. And sometimes we grow the most through droughts, storms, and challenges. So what if you knew more about how to navigate these challenges with grace and ease and then actually use them to your benefit? What if you were handed a guidebook to support you in knowing about the most crucial and important laws of life here on planet Earth and then learned about how to work with them so they can work for you in creating a happier, healthier, and more empowered life? Sounds pretty great, doesn't it? Well, I am happy to let you know a book has been written about this very thing, and I'm here with the author, and I'm so happy to be sharing him with you here today on Journey to Center. We are here with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Dr. Bauckham is a therapist, life coach, self-help speaker, and host of the very popular podcasts, Save the Marriage and Thrive Nation. For three decades, Dr. Bauckham has supported couples, families, individuals, and organizations shift from surviving to thriving. Additionally, Dr. Bauckham is a best-selling author and has written four nationally recognized books, including How to Save Your Marriage and Three Simple Steps, Recovering from the Affair, Thrive Principles, and his new book that we're going to be talking about today, The Immutable Laws of Living, The Inspirational Blueprint to Living Your Meaningful Life. So Dr. Bauckham, thank you for being here today to have this empowering conscious conversation. Oh, Tammy, thank you so much for having me. So I really enjoyed your book and got so much value. I totally love how you formatted it. You go into the 16 hidden laws for living a fulfilling, healthy, and empowered life, how we break those laws, and then how we can work with those laws. So tell me a little bit more about your inspiration and how this book came into being. Yeah. Um, so the, the reason I wrote it is because I knew people were getting stuck the exact same place that uh, over and over. It was client after client. And and I will tell you that for myself, I violated every one of the 16 laws in there. So I realized that there are some common threads that are there. But the, the time that I realized I needed to write it uh, was a spring day uh, several years back. And I was paddleboarding for the first time that season. Uh, so I, I paddled out of the little tributary creek that flowed into the river. And right on the bank was this big restaurant and, and everybody else was enjoying the day too. So they had their lounge chairs and they were looking out at the water. And I turned to uh, as quickly as I could get out of sight because the water was moving faster than I thought, was a little rougher than I thought. And I thought, you know, they're going to get a good show of, of me stumbling <laughs> around for the first oh. time of the season. And so I was trying to paddle away from them. And, and uh, as, as typical for, you know, if you're going to do something in the water, you want to go upstream before you go downstream. And so I turned and headed upstream and I'm paddling and paddling and I'm really proud of how I'm doing. I'm looking at the water right in front of me and it's just flowing right by me. And I'm just, you know, I'm really pushing. And about 20 minutes later, I thought, you know, I probably ought to see how far out of sight I am. And I looked over to the bank and I had lost 10 feet of, of distance. You know, I was closer to them than I had been. I'd been fighting this whole time 
upstream. And so uh, as gracefully as I could, I pretended like that was, you know, my intention that I had somehow created a treadmill (laughs) (laughs) and I spun the board around and I paddled back into the creek. And as I was paddling into the creek, I thought, you know, if I really wanted to get out of out of view, if I really wanted to be effective at getting somewhere, I would have gone with the flow of the water, not against it. And I realized that that's pretty much what happens all the time. If we want life to go easily, we go with the flow. We go following what I outlined as these 16 laws rather than constantly fighting against them and finding ourselves stuck at the exact same place. So that's mm-hmm. that's the reason I wrote the book. Oh, my gosh. I love that visual so much. <laughs> and I've come up with a similar thing about paddling out on a surfboard. And I've never done it, but I imagine paddling out, paddling. It's like, have I gone far enough? Can I relax and go with the flow now? Can I just get on my surfboard and learn how to, to work with what's happening and go with the direction of life? So I love what you're saying and it makes perfect sense. And, and so far I'm in complete agreement. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've done the surfing thing too. And I can tell you, you're never quite out far enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, I know Abraham Hicks says there's nothing upstream you want. If you want to enjoy your life, allow life to carry you the direction life is carrying you. So I think this is fantastic. And you do have 16 laws, and I don't think we're going to be able to get to all of them today, but I hope to hit the um, ones that you feel are the most important, and then people can pick up your book and learn about the rest of them. Because again, I think they're all really important. There was nothing I didn't agree with you. So much of what you talk about is how I like to roll in my particular life as well. So. Yeah, yeah, I would really love to know. Let's just start here. Um, What do you think maybe some of the most foundational principles, some of the most important laws are? And then let's talk about how we can work with them. Yeah, so the I, I laid out the laws in something of an order. Now I, I've been challenged about this. You know, are they really laws? Well, um, yes, <laughs> they really are. <laughs> kind of like and gravity, but less known about. It's exactly like gravity. You know, and, and you don't have to understand gravity for it to be affecting you. Um, mm-hmm. I've got plenty of scars to let you know if you try try to violate it, <laughs> gravity will catch up with you. And and it's the same with these laws. And so, it's not immediate. You know, you can play around with some of these laws and be violating them without recognizing it and not really feel the pain, but it's cumulative. And the more of the laws that you're breaking, the harder it gets to make progress and and the more frustrated you become. So let's just start off with the first one, uh, because that's uh, since they are in kind of that order, we can start there, jump in and and move on down. Um, And then we can talk about where it all heads towards at the end. But the first law is life is not fair. And, you know, it's one of those where people, I'll say that and they'll go, yeah, duh. But we don't live that way. You know, we act as if life is supposed to be fair. And over the years, um, I've seen lots of people in lots of situations and not once has somebody who's, you know, coming in telling me how great life is, that everything is going the way they want. They're not the ones who are saying, you know, life's not fair. I'm winning this game. Right. It's the losers, (laughs) people that are losing and feel, yes. It's the people who perceive that they're losing. Perceive that they're losing. Very good. Very true. And so part of um, so my older brother, 18 months older than me. So we're I, I, I just feel bad for my parents. You know, we were bear cubs and constantly <laughs> rolling around on top of each other. So they would sometimes give us a treat. And the rule was one of us would divide it. The other would choose it. Mm hmm. 
microscopically in the middle was every single cookie that was divided, every single candy bar, you know, and so you, cause you weren't going to lose anything to whoever got to choose it. And so we, we were making it fair. And that is a childhood belief. You, you hear it all the time on the playgrounds. That's not fair. They're not playing fair. That's a childhood wish. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't exist in childhood and it doesn't ad- exist in adulthood. And yet lots of people find themselves stomping their feet and saying life's not fair. Now, I'm I'm getting rid of the people who will look at somebody who's had a problem and say, you know, life's not fair because that that can feel like a push off. So I want to be very careful to say I'm trying to move people to understand that life really isn't fair. That's not how life is built. Yes. And when we get stuck in a place of saying life's not fair, we play in a place of scarcity. We act as if there's not enough that we have already lost. And then we stop looking for the places where we it's not fair. We we bring in something extra. You know, each of us has, in my opinion, a, a unique design that's that's here for a reason that we have this purpose that we're trying to discover. So when we're focused on what we don't have. We're not looking at what we do have, the abundance that we have within ourselves to bring to the world. And so the stuck place is stomping around saying life's not fair. The way we obey the law is recognizing life isn't fair and that's not important. That doesn't have to hold us back. In fact, because life's not fair, we have all kinds of different people. Take it one step further. Um, and and I've, I've done lots of interviews with this book. So anybody who's able to listen to me on an interview by Internet or radio or TV, life's not fair. They're in the winning side of the equation. You know, compared to the rest of the world, they're already stacked up. And so to be able to acknowledge that uh, can free them up a little bit to say, OK, so now how can I expand further into my purpose and, and figuring out how to make a bigger impact, which we can unpack that mm-hmm. idea a little mm-hmm. bit later on. Yes. Yeah. It's how do we work with the fact that it's not fair and don't make it the enemy? That's right. Mm-hmm. We struggle against it, but it's it, it, trying to make it fair never happens. Yeah. And I say all the time, that's not what this planet's about. This is free will and choice. There are probably other dimensions where that is the, the case and we come in hoping that's the case, but it's not. So, okay. Right. How do we work with this? How do we yeah. work with this experience this of duality world. and free will and choice? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, we, we exist in this place, not the fair place. <laughs> let's yes. live with that so, and figure it let's out. Let's figure out how to work with these principles, these laws. And again, that's what your book does. So I absolutely love it. So are there other, there, is there another law that people break the most frequently? Yeah, this is kind of one that's related. There's some in between the life's not fair law and this one, but this one is another one that catches people. There's some kind of highlight laws that seem to um, hit lots of people. And this is that you are 100% responsible for your life. Oh, yes. That's the trip up for people. Um, we we live in a blame society. Um, uh, you know, probably uh, if all we have to do is look to government to see who's pointing the finger at whom for who's to you know to blame for whatever's going on, and to recognize that uh, when we are looking at our own life, that we are responsible for uh, how it goes. Nobody else can take that over. And yeah. so, um, I a lot of times people confuse that that word responsible with blame. And so sometimes people who have had some, you know, some an accident or an illness come upon them, say, so you're you're telling me I'm responsible for that. Yes. They go uh, into victim consciousness. That's right. Mm-hmm. This is about being responsible for life, meaning how do I how am I response able? How, how am I able to respond, respond to, to what's life going on. my way? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So that that catches people off. Um, one of my favorite guys, Jack Canfield, uh, talks about the uh, the responsibility equation, which is E plus R equals O. 
the event plus our response equals the outcome. Mm. And that leaves us at, as a very central piece in the formula. Uh, it's, we can't control all of the things that could happen out there, the events. That, that's, that's just out there. Those are the things that are outside of our control. Then we have the set of things that are, are within our control, and there, there really aren't a lot. Uh, that's another one of the laws I talk about of what, what is yours to control, uh, because we spend a lot of time trying to control the things we can't and not so much on the things we could. So mm-hmm. you've got the things where we have our response, choosing our response to those events. And that's what equals the outcome. A lot of times people uh, in kind of a, a victim mode believe that E equals O. Whatever the event is, that's the outcome. Mm-hmm. Then there are those who go the other way and say, I create this reality and that's the outcome. And, you know, the reality is that there are physics at work. You know, there are things around us. There are dynamics at work. And we're all, by the way, headed for the exact same place. Right? <laughs> There's going to be an end to this. Yes. And so we can't escape that. And so the question is how we assume our responsibility for our uh, actions and our choices given those parameters of what's out there to get to the outcome that we would really most like. Mm-hmm. I think this is fantastic. The ability to respond. And I, I totally felt like a victim because life was not fair. I didn't feel like I was safe in love, but now that I know I am and situations happen, I can be flexible and go with the flow and choose how I feel and how I respond. But gosh, it took some work to get there. And I love how your book makes it so ac- accessible. Yeah, I think a lot of times people um, once it's kind of like shining a light on something, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you're if somebody explains why something in nature is working, you go, oh, OK, now I get that. I, right now I'm practicing jujitsu. I, I started in January. So um, practicing is a joke. You know, <laughs> I'm a very much beginner. <laughs> and I was talking with a guy that I, I practiced with last night and um, he was saying, you know, sometimes it's helpful for me to know that kind of the next stage, because then I understand why that move works. And I said, you know, it's so true. A lot of times if we're too close to something, but just a little bit of, of um, perspective yes. and suddenly we have clarity and then we know how to maneuver it. So if you're if you're stuck believing the world's not fair, that you're the victim. And then you have some way of understanding that's not the case. Suddenly you have a completely different perspective to work within and to, I would say, play within to, to find a different way of reacting to that or responding to that, a much better word. Mm-hmm. And then you can start moving things in a different direction. Oh, I love that. And and my intention is to go as high as I can in my perspective and gain more clarity. And, and again, you know, we live on this planet of duality. And so if we can go higher and higher in our perspective, we can get to the place of perceiving it more from that unified posture and gosh it makes so much more sense when we're in the penthouse than on the first floor yeah yeah i yeah. think that's fantastic so that's you you talked about perspective and that's another piece of this that that all of us have limited perspectives and so our ta- you know sometimes we uh, I, I call it a paradigm but we all have a paradigm and so there are what some 7 billion paradigms mm-hmm. in the world and we all see things slightly different we fool ourselves into thinking people see it our way because we fool ourselves into thinking we just see reality right and if somebody sees it differently we go well they're delusional right. i see it i see it the right way <laughs> i'm the one who's got the real view of the world and so our perspective uh, it, as soon as we recognize that we really truly just have a perspective, that we just have a paradigm, then we can be open to doing what you're talking about. If you think you see things as they are, which none of us do, then there's no reason to try to go to a higher perspective. 
Right. But if you could recognize that we all uh, have some blind spots, we all make assumptions, we we all do the shortcuts. We have to do shortcuts. It's just, you know, I was teaching a, a company about paradigm, uh, what happens when we get stuck in the, what I call the paradigm problem, uh, where we don't recognize our paradigm, that we get locked down. And several people said, you know, I, I think we see it correctly. I just think we see it. And um, and I said, that's the problem. You know, once you believe that you you're not looking at your assumptions, you're just locked into the assumptions and not you're not able to move forward. So then you don't have any creativity that comes in. Mm, and that's painful. And I, for me, I don't know if this was your situation, Dr. Bakken, but it and, and what you see with your clientele, your patients, your clients. Um, I had to get to a place where I was really suffering a lot and and had that revelation that my life, the way I'm trying to create it and live it is not working. I yeah. need to open my mind. I need to look for other ways to do this because this is kind of like hell on earth. Yeah, yeah. And and as soon as your as soon as you see that you could maybe have a different perspective, mm-hmm. hell on earth is optional. You know, you have some other yes. choices to, yes. to expand to. It didn't feel like it at the time, but then I opened my mind, and now I realize that I was keeping myself limited. Mm. Limited life wasn't keeping me limited. Yeah, I was. But I think um, when the student's ready, the teacher appears. And I hope that's what we're doing here today is introducing you to people that are like, wow, this is interesting. This is opening my mind and maybe I need to grab a copy of his book and figure out how to start working with this thing called life. So one way to, to find out if, if this is of interest, um, the easy way to, to read more about the book is to go to I need that and, and obviously um, that's my belief that people need to understand these laws. So I, I created a play a shortcut to get there. Um, and part of the reason I did that is because I think we spend a lot of time. We, we talked about just briefly a minute ago. We try to control things we can't control. And what we miss in that are the few things we can control. Yes. And so the, for me, an important piece of this is to be able to say, OK, you know, the problem is when we're trying to control something over which we have no control, uh, that's a lost cause. If we're trying to control other people's actions, feelings, emotions, you know, any, any of the things out there, we're, we're, we're on a dead end, not just on a dead end, but a frustrating dead end. Mm-hmm. So then I talk about our circle. You know, we have this circle of concern, and that circle of concern includes all of the areas, um, you know, our family and our community and all those things that we are concerned about. And sometimes people confuse that with what their circle of control is. So if we bring that circle of control down, we really only have control over uh, our aspirations, our attitude, and our actions, our aspirations, uh, I believe that we have fears and aspirations. And so those fears, we don't have much control. They just pop up. Our brain's wired that way, but we can choose what we aspire to, what we want to move towards. We can have those goals and hopes and dreams and and we can choose them. Our attitude is not, sometimes people say, oh, so you want me to have a positive attitude? No, I want you to have an attitude that you will, you will try, you know, you will give it your best shot. Um, and you might mope along while you're doing it, but you're giving it your best shot. You're giving it your all. You can always choose that. Um, when I was teaching scuba class, we started our first class with that, uh, discussion because there's some scary things you have to do to learn to scuba mm-hmm. dive. And we, di- we needed people to not be saying, I can't do that, especially when they're at the bottom of the pool. Right. <laughs> and so we were trying to get them to say, I will do my best to do that. That's it. And so that's the attitude I'm talking about. And the final thing are actions. We always choose our actions, even if we pretend we don't. We, we always have control over how we do it. I, I was talking with a guy who was yelling at his wife and I said, you know, 
why are you yelling? He said, I can't help that. I said, you absolutely could. He told me he couldn't. I said, okay, let's say you're in court, right? And the judge is there. Would you yell at the judge? And he said, of course not. And I said, so you wouldn't yell at the judge? No. Okay, so you make a choice. And he wasn't aware of the fact that every action we take, every every way we talk, those are all choices we make. And those are important distinctions for us to be able to draw that. That's my circle of control versus my concern. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I say all the time, we have to take care of our side of the road. We have to take care of our plot of the garden. And mm-hmm. if you start getting into other people's stuff or worrying about the other side of the road or other people's gardens, that's when we start to suffer. So pull that back yeah. and take personal responsibility. Yeah, my wife, I say it quite often, uh, you know, something will be going on and she'll say, you know, you're pretty calm about that. And, and there it's I can't remember if it's a Romanian saying or where it came from, but it's, you know, it's not my monkey, not my circus. <laughs> uh-huh. My sister says that to me all the time. It's <laughs> they can deal with that. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's fantastic. So uh, one of my favorite chapters that I think is so powerful, so helpful, really helped me in my life. People are doing the best they can. Yeah, people are doing the best they can. When we start judging other people that they should be doing it differently or they could be doing it differently, we start getting into their gardens and their side of the road. My teacher said something once to me. People are doing the best they can given their level of consciousness. That's right. I say given where they are. Um, yes. Because and so I'm not ever saying um, that the, the process, you know, you're always at your optimal. You're not always at your optimal. You want to be able to uh, accept that people, we, including ourselves, really do the best we can at that moment in time. A lot of times we have regrets. You know, we uh, we look back and we go, oh, man, I wish I'd acted differently. But at that moment, whatever you did probably made sense. It probably seemed reasonable, meaning that you, there was a reason in your head why you were acting that way. Even if that reason evaporated in five minutes, it was reasonable at that moment. Um, this is something that is so true in relationships. If we're able to give people that grace to say, hey, you know what, they were doing the best they could given where they were or yes. are, yes. that can change how we th- the empathy that we have for that. And that's just it, Dr. Bauckham. When we can go from judgment to compassion, for ourselves and for others, life to me starts to work with a lot more grace, a lot more joy, a lot more happiness. Yeah. And then you talk about not pursuing, you talk about pursuing happiness directly. We have about four minutes here. And I think this is something we all want for, we want something we think it's going to make us happier, but you talk about going for happiness first and foremost. Can you discuss that a little bit? Yeah. So you go to the bookstore and, and there's a whole shelf full of books on how to be happy. And the, the latest uh, survey said that about 33 percent of people say that they're happy. So uh, evidently, the, mm, <laughs> the research that's not that many, is it? It's not working. Um, and that's the reason is because if you chase after happiness, happiness is going to be uh, just out of reach. Happiness, happy and happen. Uh, or share the same root. Something external has to happen to make me happy. I've got to win the lottery, get the best job, have the best spouse. Something out there has to do it. And I think that's chasing the wrong thing. I really think that our core piece that draws us along, and this is, this is kind of the trajectory of the book, is figuring out what is your purpose? You know, what what gives you passion and to get up and go for it, to get up in the morning and go do something of purpose to make an impact in the world? We're impact creatures. And how can we make the world a better place. And and as we're doing that, then we find the meaning. And guess what comes along with that? Joy suddenly shows up. (laughs) Happens from the inside out. And what are we rippling into the world? So I think what you're saying is really empowering, really helpful, really accurate. So Dr. Bauckham, we just have a couple minutes. Can you tell people where they can find out more about you, your podcasts, your books? How can they connect with you? Yeah. So uh, if, if, if the 
interest is around the immutable laws of living. I need that book.com. We'll get you there. I need that book.com. Uh, if you want to learn more about me, Lee Balkum.com is uh, connected to all of my books and lots of other places. Um, if you like podcasts, uh, you can find me on any of the podcast apps, uh, at, for the save the marriage or thrive nation, or you can visit, uh, uh, the save the marriage podcast.com and thriveology podcast.com. I think this is really good information and there's a lot more wisdom that you have to share. And I'm super excited. You said yes to another show with me next week about relationships and marriage, and we can get into some of your other content. So we have like a minute left. Do you have any final words of wisdom, Dr. Bakken, for our wonderful friends here today? Yeah, the biggest thing I, I always encourage people to think about is, you know, how do you want to make a difference in the world in a positive way? You know, what is your particular impact? You are wired for that. You're a creature of impact. And, and a lot of people miss that. Uh, and so to ask the question, you know, how do I leave the world a better place? I, I just love the fact that we humans create impacts wherever we go and we have the power of choosing which way we want that impact to go. So to be able to take back that responsibility uh, and make a difference in the world, I think is what uh, makes life what it, what it really needs to be. Mm, I totally agree. Let's ripple out more love and empowerment and positivity and creativity and joy and happiness. And I think that this is really great stuff. Super excited about um, sharing you and having some more conscious conversation with you, Dr. Bauckham. And to my listeners, I so appreciate connecting with you. So um, let's connect Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You're on social media too as well, right, Lee? Yes, I am. You can find me Save the Marriage and Thriveology are my two big places to find me on anything. Oh, perfect. So, yeah, be in touch. Go to my website, TammyBPhD.com and download my free ebook and guided meditation. And let's be in conversation. To me, relationships is where it's all at. I just want to share my heart and intentions and keep you in my meditations and prayers. And let's get to higher ground together with grace, ease, joy, and celebration. So God bless you. Take very good, gentle care of yourself. Know your power know your worth, know your value, and know that you're in our hearts and prayers here at Empower Radio. God bless you. Take good care of yourself. Onward and upward. <laughs>